as reasonable and lawful? Yeah, they they came they came up with this concept, didn't they? They said, well, you've drafted the policy. We don't care what's in it necessarily, as long as there's no discrimination. Mm. Um, there was no argument that the policy was lawful, so it, it can be applied. So and it was applied mm. vigorously. Vigorously, and when we're thinking about an all-in type of policy, and this goes back to social media policies because generally they are mm. pretty all-in. It applies to everyone irrespective of your job, role, seniority. Mm. What they said was there's really nothing unreasonable about an all-in type of policy, specifically in this case for drug and alcohol, because office-based staff uh, also have workplace health and safety risks. They, they could pour hot water when they're making a tea onto their hand and burn mm. themselves, which is equally as, as dangerous for them as, as what could happen on site. And when we're thinking about social media, the damage that you can do to a company can be equal for a senior employee as it is for a junior. Mm. Really depends on what the conduct they're doing, what are they posting, um, and how really visible is it. Yeah. But it's really one where you can imply yeah. a pretty all-in-all -all type of policy. The key takeaway here is we know that discrimination, bullying, the harassment, mm. we know there's all these things that can happen when it comes to social media and we know that employers are vicariously liable for the conduct of their employees so we also know that the way that employers can mitigate that responsibility is to implement a policy, um, is to enforce the policy, to revisit that policy, to make sure that they are applying that policy with the same um, fairness mm. as they would on everyone. A policy is only as good as the implementation and the, um, the way it's been dealt with. If you've got friends in the workplace and you don't apply that policy to those people and you're applying a policy to someone else, then you're going to have problems. So what we're talking about here is setting up the policy for success and then driving that policy for success. And we see it all the time all the where, time. Um, and I'll, I'll bring it back to social media policies, where a particular employee, typically a junior employee, uh, might post something which we can all agree they shouldn't have and probably breaches the policy. But they turn around and say, well, what about my boss? Um, I'm fa Facebook friends with my boss and I know that he posts all sorts of things that are in breach of the policy, but they were never disciplined for mm. it. And that will inevitably lead the employer to, to issues. Yeah, it's going to water down your ability to, to mitigate your loss in these areas. Um, talking about um, implementation, mm. the next slide is about when conduct happens in the workplace. And we're specifically talking about out-of-hours conduct. So we've been talking about social media and how that can happen at all hours of the day. And we've got a really mad case about a Telstra employee who uh, was out in a regional zone. He got into a fight at a bar um, and then later on had an altercation with a work colleague. Yeah, so uh, the, both of them were travelling interstate. Uh, this particular employee, uh, they both went to a nightclub that night and uh, this particular employee was seen getting into a bit of an altercation with some some other people at the pub uh, and one of the other employees that he was with grabbed him away and they both went to the hotel room they were staying at. So the language here is, I found him at the bar having an argument with a person we both knew. 
I tried to appease him and he told me to fuck off and the ladies all saw this. Oh dear. Um, I went back to my chair and he followed me. He ripped his shirt off and growled at me. I thought he wanted to fight me. This upset me. I told Carl that he didn't need to fight with these fellows and I told him that I would have word with, words with him later and then um, wanted to avoid the, a scene at the place. Now back at the, back at the, uh, the room, Carl struck me on the chest with a piece of glass I managed to get free and grabbed the girl he came with and went downstairs and called an ambulance and got 12 stitches. So we're talking about conduct that happened well after the work had finished for the day. They're out in a regional town getting up to what appears to be an awful lot of mischief. Now the employer found out about this. Mm. Um, the person in the bar knew that they were Telstra employees. So well what, well, what do we think? So we have a situation where two employees are on a work trip, but they are on a night out, uh, and they've done some pretty abhorrent things. They've gone into fights at a pub, which other people were at. They've gone back into the hotel room where they were both staying at. They've had another altercation. One of them has been stabbed. Yep. Um, what do we think we would do? Is what we would do with the... Now, this is the employee who was stabbed but was also the one who was getting in the altercation at the pub. So when we think about does conduct happen in the workplace, is this happening in the workplace? You what do we think? Say work trip though? It is a work trip. So, so what we would do? If, you, if, you, if you're sent off on a three day work trip even though aren't you still representing the country, uh, company? Sorry. Well it's a good question, what do you think? Yeah. Okay. I would, I would say yes. Still, mm. still considered part of the work, but Certainly. Especially if they're paying for a hotel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You'd be pretty upset. Yeah, getting up and stabbing someone's probably this. not going to work well yeah, for you. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd say yes. Well, what do we think? Do we agree with that? What do we do agree with? It's happening in the workplace. It's being paid for by the work. Yeah. Okay. Well, when we, we think about it, really we're talking about are you representing the company, but yep. what does that really mean? So the courts have courts concluded that the employee's behaviour outside work hours will only have an impact on their employment to the extent that it is in breach of an express or applied, implied term of the contract of employment. So when we're thinking about work hours, what do you guys think? Are you working when you're asleep on a work function? Are you working when you're having dinner four hours after work had finished? So hours of work, yeah. Yeah. Are you on call? Is that the question, perhaps? Yeah. Are you on the job when you're on an aeroplane, asleep? It's, it's, these are questions we need to ask ourselves on these things. Um, if conduct objectively considered is likely to cause serious damage to the relationship between the employer and the employee, then a breach of implied obligation may arise. So now we're moving towards this fuzzy area of is there ob the objective bystander? What's happening here? Um, it says here, it's clear that in certain circumstances an employee's employment may be validly terminated because of out of hours conduct. But each circumstance is limited. So, and we've got this up here, you know, it needs to be viewed objectively and so on and so forth. This is a fascinating case because I think we can all say that if you're out in a small town as a Telstra employee, 
having a fight and then he ended up in stitches and one mm. of them ended up in jail. Is this, gonna, is this going to affect Telstra? Is it? In a very small way. In a small way? How? The publican did, but nobody else. Where are we going? With, it's really hard, isn't it, when we're thinking about out-of-hours conduct. Yeah, and it just needs one person to hit the country grapevine and go, guess what I saw at the pub tonight? You're absolutely right. It's horrifying, right? It's a really scary situation. Um, but that case is, is fairly old, and it is... It is very it old. Is, uh, the leading case on this, and that's why we bring it up. Yeah. Um, but if we think about if this happened in modern times, so let's add a bit of a twist to it um, and say... Um, this is your scenario. Yeah, they were... It was videoed. They were videoed and It's on tagged. Facebook. It's on Twitter. Can't, can you video it? goes on viral. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's abundantly clear. You know, it doesn't take much for viral. Two Telstra to, employees to fighting. To figure out who's, who's on it, it potentially goes on to a, a news source. Yeah. Then with something to talk about out within office hours. Yeah, in this case, in 1998, it wasn't related to work, because only the public knew. Um, he says, I do not think it is that there is a reasonable basis for concluding that the conduct had damaged the employee's interests. The evidence is of any publicity as a result is scant, and the court listing in respect to the criminal charges appeared in a local paper, but not as suggested to be identifiable as a Telstra employee. And that's your key here when we're thinking about, is it happening? Is out-of-hours conduct going to be connected to your work environment? And yes, you're right. You're out of work. Say you're at one of these uh, work functions where you've taken over the entire um, hotel. And you're sitting there having a massive fight. You get your glass, you smash it, you start stabbing someone. They're going to know where you're from. <laughs> you know? And everybody around you's got a video now. You know, they've got cameras, they've got videos. It's, and it, it's up immediately. You can't stop it from happening. Uh, it, you can see in, in, in 2000, in 2021, we've got, we've got a real problem here. But when we're thinking about it, we need to think about it from an employer's situation. Is it affecting the business? Can you be linked to it? Are there going to be problems with um, um, reputational risk? And the Fair Work Act says that if you do conduct that affects the reputation of your employer, then you can be discharged and terminated for serious misconduct. So it's a, it's a real trap. These, these things are very, very difficult to, um, to manage. And if we kind of turn to social media, I'll give you two examples of one where I think would be caught and one which wouldn't. Um, you've got a, and I'm going to use myself as another example, and we know that it's abundantly clear where I work, if you look on my profile. Um, and I post something, let's just make it ex extreme, and it's something extremely racist on there. Um, quite clearly, you can put it to the reputation of, of MJT Law and my employer, and I think that would be caught. But if we turn to, uh, I don't know how many of us have, have Reddit, for example. Reddit is a sort of blogging type um, platform. A lot of the times, people have anonymous accounts and I post something which is the exact same, it's quite racist, but it's on a completely anonymous site. I don't make any reference to where I work on any of my profile. I don't even really make anything that you could 
read through the lines to figure out where I worked. I don't think that would be cool. No, we've got to look at the subjective. We're going to play a video soon that's um, an awful lot of fun on this point. Yes. So what about if you be racist, like yep. against your own culture, mm -hmm. but you know, okay, as a joke. So, for example, I'm half black. What if I'm making a joke about my own? Yeah, using the word half caste, like, that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, it's actually really hard. We talked about this really early on with discrimination. Um, because you don't feel you're being discriminating, doesn't mean it's not discriminating. Okay. Yeah. Even if it's my own culture. Even if you're doing it because you think it's funny, someone might find that offensive, and they might find it's discriminating. Yeah. So it's 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 a real mm. trap to fall into. Um, in a perfect world, I would say, stay well clear of social media if you can. And if you do put social media on, put pictures of your pets. I've got on my social media page 100,000 photos of my husband and I doing this in different circumstances. Yep, just selfies. We're here, you know, that sort of thing. I never talk about work, I never talk about anything. It's just photos. And now there's a lot of photos of my four pets. So even if it's like satire or something like that, that's well, considered... Lawyers are, tend to be overly cautious on these things. Yeah. I, I sit in a, and I'm an, well, I'm, Facebook, so and I'm a business sure. owner as well. So yeah. I, you know, and things that I do do affect how people see me as a lawyer, as yeah. well. So I, my personal life and my work life are very separate, and it's very, it's a lot easier for me because as a lawyer, I'm not asked to give my personal opinion about absolutely anything. No one cares. What they care about is my legal opinion. And that's all I can give. So it's actually really easy for me to remain completely separate as a as a as a as, as an individual having an opinion about something. But what's my what is the legal proposition here? What is the legal opinion? So it's actually super simple for me, but it's much harder for others. Um, okay. Yes. <clears throat> so one of the hats I wear is with a not-for-profit. Is it what sorry? Oh, not-for-profit. And it involves advocacy. Yeah. And of course, we are all volunteers, whether we're on the committee or whether we're just a general member. One of the issues that we're potentially concerned about comes up every year on Equal Pay Day. Mm. And the commentary that can come about Equal Pay Day from others posting on one of our public pages. So we'll throw something up about 14.2, and this much, and what would you do with an extra $13,000 over your lifetime? And if that goes onto a public post, then the commentary that comes with that, and it comes back to that slightly of this, but the obligations to manage those comments. You would manage those comments. My advice to you is to manage those comments and remove comments that are highly offensive. That would be that would be my recommendation. I am not a defamation solicitor. Yeah, I'm not a defamation solicitor, um, and I work purely in the employment environment. But I would be I would I would see a lot of red flags with that um, personally. But I am. I'm not sure by nature, because that's probably not true. <laughs> but certainly as a profession, I'm um, very cautious and I'm, I'm not just um, risk aware, but I would be risk averse. But yeah, I would manage those posts. I would also 
Uh, and certainly I'm, I'm moving into an area which perhaps is not quite my area of expertise. But there must be some type of way that you can add to your Facebook page that the views of the people who are posting are not necessarily the views of your organisation. And I would look into seeing how you could promote that concept as well. There was a precedent just said that doesn't come out. There's no freedom of speech and employment. Why would there be? Oh, God, it's just throwing out. Mm. So we've been talking about how to kind of... Sorry, did you have a question? Oh, no, it's just that, I mean, I, I've said I don't have a Facebook account, but, um, I mean, I do, but um, I don't usually use it, but I've, um, I've got a Facebook group called Time Before, and um, they post up historical photos of, of people in grass skirts and someone topless, mm. but we, they, Facebook says that we can't post them up, so they've got to be covered. So yeah. I think Facebook also would... There's a lot of moderation say, for Facebook. Yeah. But uh, if you like, you've got my card there, I can send you off to someone who will be able to provide you with better advice than me on this point. Yeah, I, I work in a rather narrow space. So. so we've been talking a lot about how to firstly develop a policy that will work, mm. uh, essentially protecting against social misuse of social media. But also what we need to do is what happens when something goes wrong? Yeah. So we've got the policy, it's all great. But We're implementing it, we've been enforcing it, and now something horrible's happened. Someone's posted something that's abhorrent. There's been complaints. There's been complaints, and it's on your desk. So what do we do? We investigate. And I can't, and <laughs> I've put it up there three times, because I cannot um, express enough how a good investigation will save your business from problems next. Yeah, if you, if you investigate in a way that provides procedural fairness in an independent way, uh, then you are going to be far more protected from any claims in relation to this matter than you could be if you, if you just did a half-assed job with it. Yeah, and we're not, and the, some, of the, some of the small business problems that we see when it comes to investigation is you're complaining about the owner. And that's me, and I want to investigate. Well, I can't, because that's about me, yeah? And I now need to find somebody else who's going to do that. And independent investigations is the way to go forward on these points. But that's expensive. So if there's other ways that you can do it, then absolutely explore them. But it needs to be independent. It needs to be, uh, you know, without that kind of... Free of kind of duress as well. Yeah. We often hear about um, someone was called in to give their side of the story and it doesn't need to be in a really formal way, it's just really a conversation with their manager. But they didn't really have the relationship with their manager where they could be frank and honest about something that quite often could be a bit embarrassing for them. Um, and maybe their manager doesn't like them. Mm. Um, and that's quite frequent. Yeah. Uh, so they were just completely biased against them. Yeah, so we're talking about documentation, we're talking about moving it forward in a way that makes sense. And uh, just talking on that point of investigation, I'm going to go back to that case uh, where our chap, Glenn, is the Organisational Effectiveness and Change Manager. I love this title. I actually think this title's amazing. It's all capitalised too, it's brilliant, all names. Um, and he's, you know, he said, since starting here, I've noticed that there's a lot of distrust. And he says, uh, um, a number of employees have commented that they feel they've been set up when they're questioned about an allegation regarding conduct at work. 
Employees at the terminal often feel inclined to accept rumours and innuendo as fact when they consider they heard it from a reliable source and often resist having a fact-based discussion about the evidence of what's occurred. Employees are often often refer to rumours but are unwilling or unable to identify those persons involved. There can be a tendency for employees to make complaints about the daily interactions of other employees that they are dissatisfied with. Some employees who are informed they've been um, and identified as being involved in allegations then make counterclaims involving other employees and there have been incidences of graffiti and vandalism which apparently are directed at particular employees. So, like I said, and when I when we brought this case up in the early days, this is about a real failure to properly investigate. We've got this mm. in in this is all the things we don't want to see. We don't want to see counterclaims that are just willy nilly because they're angry that they've been investigated themselves. We don't want to see people who are secretly recording conversations because there's such a low level of trust. Mm. We don't want to see people feeling they've been set up when they are being questioned because that won't make an honest and open investigation process. So this would have had to been going on for more than, you know, a, what would be considered a reasonable amount of time for this sort of behaviours to be going on, you know, for, for employees to be feeling like this. So when we're talking about applying a policy and then investigating it, we're talking about not just sitting on it. Get it done. If you've got a counterclaim, deal with the thing in front of you first then deal with the counterclaim. And we, we, we hear this mm. all the time. Mm. All know. the time. Um, somebody, somebody puts a bullying claim into a manager and that manager automatically says, well, that person's underperforming or that person is doing X or I caught that person drinking the other day. I don't want to talk about it right now, but this is why they're complaining about me. Yeah? And you've got to bite your elephant off one bite at a time, yeah? Deal with the complaint first, then deal with the next complaint. See how it flows out. So you have a question? So what if, um, going back to your not-for-profit um, yep. example, and you're an executive, and then they, there is the management as well, but no one wants to do anything. But if you are an executive, do you actually take steps to say, look, I actually don't think it's appropriate, or what you're doing is blah, 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 or um, so on, so on. Is that, are you covering yourself then? You're talking about from a management perspective yeah. and who's on the hook. If you're on the executive and yeah. Um, it is a very difficult space to remove yourself from being on the hook for inappropriate behaviours for the not-for-profit when you're a board member. You would have to have some very robust documentation to remove yourself from the situation and I would go as far as resigning if, if you felt that it wasn't going to work. Because liable, liability in the space of not-for-profits is surprisingly considerable. And insurances don't necessarily cover for behaviours that are um, negligent. So, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an interesting space. It's a little bit out of my range. I work in employment, and what we're talking about is the broadly broad sense, a, the commercial aspect of the not-for-profit business, and how uh, that the veil is placed in front of the directors, which is a little bit out of my area of expertise. Uh, but I, like I, like like this lady here, um, I can certainly send you to someone who can provide you more information on that, if um, if you're interested. But so if we sort of turn it back yeah. to um, this disaster case, yeah. um, I'm really of the view that if they had of kind of taken a backward step 
and just got an external investigator, yeah. the whole issue would have been basically put to bed. Um, because one, the investor, uh, external investigators are, they're good at their jobs. They, they do it day in, day out. They will make sure that everyone is given a fair chance to speak. They're also really independent. No one involved actually knows these people. They'll probably never ever come in contact with them ever again. Uh, they won't, for example, relay unnecessary information to managers, which allows for kind of open conversation. But it also protects against uh, what we call discrimination uh, general protections claims. So these are, you know, we hear it all the time, well, the reason they are investigating me is because of X, and for a discriminatory reason. Um, because I complained about it, I complained about X six months ago. The good thing with an external investigator is they don't know these things. They don't know that there was a big blue mm. uh, six months ago or that you know, they, this person had a particular issue with, with that employee. They just don't know. They only do the thing that's directly in front mm. of them. So you, you implement a policy that makes sense to deal with the thing that you're trying to solve. And today we're talking about social media. You teach your employees or the people in your organisation what that policy means. You implement it with reckless abandonment. Yes. <laughs> Crazy yes. your own case. And, um, and you, you investigate it properly and you get on with it. Um, we have a rather interesting video. Yes. And Phoebe, I think we're going to switch it on. dem Feind gelungen, die Front in breiter Formation zu durchbrechen. Im Süden hat der Gegner Zossen genommen und stößt auf Stahnsdorf vor. Der Feind operiert jetzt am nördlichen Stadtrand zwischen Frohnau und Pankow und im Osten ist der Feind bis zur Linie Lichtenberg-Marlsdorf-Karlshorst gelangt. Mit dem Angriff Steiners wird das alles in Ordnung kommen. Mein Führer, Steiner Steiner konnte nicht genügend Kräfte für einen Angriff massieren. Der Angriff Steiner ist nicht erfolgt. Es bleiben im Raum Keitel, Jodel, Krebs und Butter. war ein Befehl! Der Angriff Steiners war ein Befehl! Wer sind Sie? Das hier ist Baden, die sein Befehl zu ersetzen! So weit ist das also gekommen. Das Militär hat mich belogen! Jeder hat mich belogen, sogar die SS! Die gesamte Generalität ist nicht zweiter als ein Haufen niederträchtiger, Feiglinge! Mein Führer, ich kann nicht zulassen, dass die Soldaten, die für Sie verbringen... Feiglinge! Verräter! Versager! Mein Führer, was Sie da sagen, ist ungeheuerlich! Die Generalität ist das Geschmeiß des deutschen Volkes! Sie ist ohne Ehre! Sie nennen sich Generale, weil Sie Jahre auf Militärakademien zugebracht haben, nur um zu lernen, wie man Messer und Gabel hält! Jahrelang hat das Militär meine Aktionen nur behindert! Er hat mich gegen nur als Widerstand in den Weg gelegt! 
Mit ihrem eigenen Blut werden sie bezahlen. Sie werden das saufen in ihrem eigenen Blut. Bitte, gerne. Jetzt beruhig dich doch. Alle Befehle sind in den Wind gesprochen. Es ist unmöglich, unter diesen Umständen zu führen. Es ist aus. Der Trick ist verloren. Aber wenn Sie, meine Herren, glauben, dass ich deswegen Berlin verlasse, irren Sie sich gewaltig. Er jage ich mir eine Kugel durch den Kopf. Tun Sie, was Sie wollen. So this, this was because, this happened um, a little while ago. BP was an enterprise agreement bargaining with the employees and it was challenging at the time. Now, one of, one of the employees, um, well, one of the employees' wives mm. created this and posted it on their personal social media network. What do we think of it? It's pretty funny. Bearing in mind, this is an employee who's on the other side of the negotiating. Yes. And this video is He's one of the clearly em- about the negotiating team. He's from, a worker. From, I suppose, head office. Mm. But what do we think? Yeah. Social media? Do we think it's funny? What would, you, what would we do with this? this uh, we've come to find out about it. Yep, you're the employer. What do we do? Are we, uh, are we dismissing him? Are we letting it fly? Gonna have are a we going to have a stern conversation with him? Or what do we think? Do we just think it's funny and move on? What's happening here? The, the Nazi thing is a little bit... Iffy? Yeah, it doesn't feel... doesn't sit right, perhaps? Really. It is funny, though. That's the problem. Also, this is a clip, and I didn't know this at the time, this is a clip that's been uh, used a million times. So I don't know if you guys have seen it in other social media, but it's been used over and over and over again. Um, um, there's various different ones. I've seen one of the, uh, at the time, the Brisbane Broncos weren't doing very well, and they used that clip about what was going on behind the scenes and you know all the disasters that were happening with the mm. team. Yeah. Um, so it was used pretty much across the board. What do we think? How are you going to treat this employee? Just because it's commonly used though. Ooh, good point. Good point. How do we feel about this, guys? <laughs> he 
don't want to put your hand up and say it's funny. Look, I think it's funny, personally. Um, the court, in the first instance, said uh, quite strong terms. <clears throat> um, the Deputy President gave consideration to whether a reasonable person would consider the video to be offensive or inappropriate. And the Deputy President said, I do not accept by labelling something as a parody is a get-out-of-jail-free card. It necessarily means it is not offensive. So this is what you're saying here. A racist joke is by name humour, but is not like, but is likely to offend a person of nationality at which it is aimed. So that's what the court of the first instance said. So our first impression, what happened was the guy got fired. There was an investigation, he was told he was uh, um, it was alleged that having shared and distributed material which was highly offensive and inappropriate, utilised another employee's BP login to share the material, um, were involved in creating the material and was aware that others were involved in creating material and with a potential cover-up. He explained he had not intended to offend anyone. He was just intended to boost, um, as a humorous post, to boost employee morale. But and uh, it was posted on a private Facebook page and not intended to be viewed by anybody else. And he removed it. Didn't work. He was terminated. He then appealed. What do you think the appeal court said about this? What do we think? Do, they think, do, do you think the appeal court thought that Deputy President was right? Offensive material is offensive material and that's all we have to say about it? Or do you think they had something more to say about this? Yeah, they did have something more to say about it. Um, Deputy, um, the, the, the Appeal Commission said... We do not accept that it is reasonably open for the video to be characterised in a way it, it was by the Deputy President. Even considered in isolation, the mimetic context, it is apparent that the video does not liken BP management to Hitler or Nazis in the sense of stating or suggesting that their conduct or behaviour was in some sense comparable to their inhumanity or criminality. What it does do is to compare, for satirical purposes, the position BP had reached in the enterprise bargaining process to the situation Hitler was facing in the Nazi regime in 1945. The position becomes even clearer when one considers the context of the development and use of the downfall clip into the meme. The clip has been used thousands of times over a period of more than a decade for the purpose of creating an entirely imaginative way, satirical depiction of contemporary situations um, and has had the result of culturally disassociating it from the import of the historical events portrayed in the film. There is no doubt that the clip would be understood by a reasonable viewer as satirising BP's conduct during the enterprise agreement bargaining process and that by itself did not make it offensive or inappropriate. So, so hard. It was a joke. It was a joke and we should take ourselves a lot less seriously. And after everything we've said today, <laughs> sometimes you need to take a common sense approach. Yeah. 
and see it for what it is. Yeah. One of the problems they had with this case was uh, the key, I suppose, person who was aggrieved by this video was uh, the head of the negotiating team. And he was of the view that he was Hitler in this particular uh, video. <laughs> yeah. He inserted um, himself as Hitler. He had inserted himself, but that was the thing, though. He had done so with his own mind, yeah. not because of the video itself. So I guess what we're saying at the end of this is, yes, there's, there, are, there, there are lots and lots of things you can do to get it right. There are absolutely lots of lots, but there are. It is difficult. And this, this case is a really good example of, we liked it, it's just kind of wrong, and it shouldn't be done in the workplace. But yet, the, the, the full court of appeal, mm. um, so the full bench of the, of the um, appeal commission, said, dudes, just relax. Whereas if they'd taken him for the IT bench, they'd have probably been successful. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that wasn't on the table at the time. But yes, it's, uh, it's a fascinating... Take a, yeah, take a common kind of Yeah, common we, sense of what I like to say is, user should we approach? Should we be doing this? Mm. What are we thinking about here? Is it damaging our reputation? Really, what is happening here? When we're thinking about it as an employer, what are we thinking about in terms of the damage to the reputation? What's the big picture here? What breach of policy has actually been made? Is this, is this something that we need to um, deal with? Look, I think I probably would have seeked to discipline this employee myself. I think I would have probably come up a crop like BP Refinery did. I may not have terminated, I don't know, but I definitely would have asked very stern questions about the length of that that was online. Mm. And uh, yeah, I probably would well, have... We get this question all the time where there's been a breach of the policy and do we need to terminate? You know, kind of our head goes straight to it. And really the answer is no. Um, you need to really consider what um, is going on at the time and sometimes it doesn't need to be a termination in order to be really implementing a policy it can be as much as a really stern conversation with this gentleman uh, saying firstly remove the post mm. uh, you may need to have some cooperative conversations <laughs> with the people involved and just reminding everyone that the policy exists this is a breach of the policy and what's the at the time, what they were trying to achieve was an agreement between two parties. If you're in conflict with those parties, it's going to be harder to get that agreement. So we need to go back to basics and say, what is, it, what is the company trying to achieve here as well? I've been part of bargaining processes for um, energy resource companies myself, and this is the sort of thing that happens you know, in these matters. It becomes them and us. It becomes you know, there's this, who's hiding what information that sort of thing. So this is, this was, when I watch this, I don't think, this is a really unusual situation in this, in this environment. It's not, it's absolutely not. Well, that's the end of our presentation. Hopefully you've taken something away from this. What we wanted to achieve by this is to, first of all, teach you what the, some of the traps and uh, holes are in terms of social media and dealing with it as an employer in the workplace and how to resolve those issues. Um, and from this last clip, how to um, how to really stop and think, um, put put a put put an objective set of uh, trousers on and, and and stop and think about what it looks like um, about damaging the reputation and so on. Well, do we have any questions? Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Do we have any questions?
Well, thank you very much for watching. And uh, yeah, this is my first session, so maybe I'll come back. Maybe.